Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled, Tribulation. Count it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds, part one. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning global audience of unchurched, self-study people, as well as those who are part of a church. For anyone looking for greater depths in God's Word with a stronger personal study, we also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Our episode last week, Tribulation. When trouble or persecution comes, immediately they fall away, was posted on August 20th. We learned the parable of the sower was just spoken by Jesus. Now he is explaining it to his listeners. They seem to be ignorant of its truth and just what it is telling those that Jesus is presently caring for by teaching them things by parables that they presently do not know. Maybe because of this, we found that Christians do not flounder for a while, they are not wishy-washy for a period, and then, in either case, fall away. No, Jesus' words are immediately they fall away. This is due to the fact they have no root of God's word for what they hear, to grow on. In examining this further, we found a comment by John Gill. He said, The word has no root in their hearts, only in their natural affections. This is exactly why the word of God has no root. Natural affections are like shifting sand that provides no firm foundation for anything. Further, in these people, there is no root of grace. After all, where would a root of grace firmly adhere to in shifting sand? This means there is no real heart work being done in them. They, unfortunately, only have speculative notions and flashy affections. This also is at issue with God's people today. It should now be clear that the seeds in the parable of the sower are the word of God. The four patches of land in the garden are the four defined. To find out more, listen to our previous episode titled, Tribulation. When trouble or persecution comes, immediately they fall away. This week, our study is titled, Tribulation. Count it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds, part one. Our study verses are found in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. However, I will read the entire short context our study verses are in for clarity. My brothers and sisters, consider it nothing but joy when you fall into all sorts of trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect effect, so that you will be perfect and complete, not deficient in anything. But if anyone is deficient in wisdom, 
he should ask God, who gives to all generously and without reprimand, and it will be given to him. But he must ask in faith, without doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed around by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord, since he is a double-minded individual, unstable in all his ways. From James chapter 1, verses 2 through 8. This gives us a good understanding of the conversation here. Now, our study verses read, My brothers and sisters, consider it nothing but joy when you fall into all sorts of trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect effect, so that you will be perfect and complete, not deficient in anything. From James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Starting with verse 2, let us look into this passage to see what it holds for us. Count it all joy. Regard it as a thing to rejoice in, a matter which should afford you happiness. You are not to consider it as a punishment, a curse, or a calamity, but as a fit subject of felicitation. When you fall into diverse temptations, on the meaning of the word temptation, it is now commonly used in the sense of placing allurements before others to induce them to sin, and in this sense, the word seems to be used in James chapter 1, verses 13 through 14. Here, however, the word is used in the sense of trials, to wit, by persecution, poverty, calamity of any kind. These cannot be said to be direct inducements or allurements to sin, but they try the faith, and they show whether he who is tried is disposed to adhere to his faith in God, or whether he will apostatize. They so far coincide with temptations, properly so called, as to test the religion of men. They differ from temptations, properly so called, in that they are not brought before the mind for the express purpose of inducing men to sin. In this sense, it is true that God never tempts men. James chapter 1, verses 13 through 14. On the sentiment in the passage before us, the word diverse here refers to the various kinds of trials which they might experience. Sickness, poverty, bereavement, persecution, etc. They were to count it a matter of joy that their religion was subjected to anything that tried it. It is well for us to have the reality of our religion tested in whatever way it may be done. From Barnes' New Testament Notes.
we should note the first comment from Mr. Barnes about our trials. Regard it as a thing to rejoice in, a matter which should afford you happiness. You are not to consider it as a punishment, a curse, or a calamity, but as a fit subject of felicitation. We are told in the Bible to rejoice in what we perceive as times of trial, even times of tribulation. In that regard, Mr. Barnes opens strongly with, Regard it as a thing to rejoice in. This is in direct comment to how we should view and react to trials. We are to regard trials as something to rejoice in. The reason we should be able to rejoice in our hard times, trials, is because we are not to consider it as a punishment, a curse, or a calamity, but as a fit subject of felicitation. Can you see where we get confused on this subject? How does one feel and express joy when the cause is perceived by men and women alike as negative? Yet, this is exactly what we need to get an answer for so we can be genuinely joyful, so we can consider it nothing but joy when we fall into all sorts of trials. This is the problem. I have seen over many, many, many years. We can find no joy when we suffer negative issues. Most notably today, calamities. Today we are seeing global calamities, wildfires in various parts of the world right now, earthquakes, heavy rains that flood areas with excessive amounts of water, very deep mud, extreme flooding, and more. Now, notice what we are told. We are not to consider it as a punishment. When we fall into such trials, calamities, we are to consider it nothing but joy when we fall into all sorts of trials. If our home burns down, we are to consider it nothing but joy? If we lose our job, we are to consider it nothing but joy? If our automobile is involved in a disablement or worse, an accident, we are to consider it nothing but joy? What is up with that? How can one be joyous as our Bibles tell us to be in such situations? To answer these questions and more, we need to continue examining Scripture. Digging deeper into the same commentary passage, we find, when you fall into diverse temptations, here, however, the word is used in the sense of trials, to wit, by persecution, poverty, calamity of any kind. These cannot be said to be direct inducements or allurements to sin, but they try the faith, and they show 
whether he who is tried is disposed to adhere to his faith in God or whether he will apostatize. They so far coincide with temptations, properly so called, as to test the religion of men. They differ from temptations properly so called in that they are not brought before the mind for the express purpose of inducing men to sin. In this sense, it is true that God never tempts men. On the sentiment in the passage before us, the word diverse here refers to the various kinds of trials which they might experience. Sickness, poverty, bereavement, persecution, etc. It is now commonly used in the sense of placing allurements before others to induce them to sin, and in this sense, the word seems to be used in James. From Barnes' New Testament Notes Mr. Barnes opens with this statement I have personalized. When you fall into diverse temptations. That is plural, meaning two or more. Now, notice how the word temptation is being used. The word is used in the sense of trials, to wit, by persecution, poverty, calamity of any kind. We will note shortly more types of trials that bookend this commentary passage. However, to the point, notice how the word temptation is being used. The word is used in the sense of trials, such as persecution, poverty, calamity of any kind. Notice that we should not digress into over-analysis of what is meant. The meaning here is simple. It is trials, such as persecution, poverty, calamity of any kind, to only name a few of the many. These trials cannot be said to be direct inducements or allurements to sin, but they try the faith, and they show whether he or she who is tried is disposed to adhere to his or her faith in God, or whether he or she will apostatize. Notice closely that those trials are not direct inducements or allurements to sin. They're meant by God to try our faith. A better modern word might be to test our faith. I know I've said this many times already, but I want you to be clear on this because where I live, clear is not what is in people's minds. They are very confused by this particular subject. Moving forward. When we make things, do we not try them, test them for quality and endurance? You would not want to make something sell it, and then only find that the customer will never buy another of your products again because it broke. 
Would you? That is the gist of what is being communicated here. If we are paying attention, these trials will prove whether we really are who we say we are or whether we need to learn from our present trial so as to be more the person of God He created us to be. If we succumb to the situation and do not act as a godly person should act, then we apostatize in part to any degree or completely in more dire cases. This is the learning experience we are to learn from. How often, when you were growing up, did your father or mother sound like they were punishing you, when all they really were doing was being pointedly stern with you so you would learn from your mistakes? Yes, this can feel like punishment, but it is not. The purpose of what is happening to us is the defining of the issue as to whether we are being tried or tempted. Being tried is what God does to teach us. Being tempted is what the devil does to degrade us and take us down so we feel we cannot be forgiven of our mistake, our sin in this case. Satan even tells us that we are irreconcilable with God. We agree with that when we think, against Scripture, that we cannot be forgiven because our sin is just too impossible to correct. Yes, many of the results of sin can be indelible and thus unchangeable. Those results may be with us for the rest of our life as a reminder of what we did wrong in this life. However, despite that, when God forgives us, we are immediately forgiven regardless of how indelible and unchangeable the results of that sin may be. This is where our confusion lies and where the devil's playground to torment us is. It is therefore apparent that these temptations, properly so called, are to test the religion of both the men and women of God. Remember, as humans making things to be sold, it is therefore apparent that these trials, properly so called, are to test the religion of both the men and women of God. Remember, as humans making things to be sold to others, we test the quality of our work for the product's quality and endurance so we know it will last as we say it will. This is the purpose of our testing as sons and daughters of God. It is our quality and endurance check, and only that alone. Remember to what Mr. Barnes told us. Trials differ from temptations, properly so called, in that they are not brought before the mind for the express purpose of inducing men and women to sin. God never tempts mankind. Temptation is caused 
by the devil. Notice James chapter 1, verses 13 through 14. Let no one say, when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each one is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his or her own desires. Now, we find Mr. Barnes has the other part of our bookend frame of our issues of trials. He states, On the sentiment in the passage before us, the word diverse here refers to the various kinds of trials which they, today we, might experience. Sickness, poverty, bereavement, persecution, etc. Did you notice that there are more that Mr. Barnes sums up with the word etc.? Let us put his two lists together. We might experience trials by persecution, poverty, calamity of any kind, sickness, bereavement, persecution, and more, or etc. This means that Mr. Barnes is not providing the full list of trials. He names several, but not all. This means we all should have some idea of just how big a list this is. Notice further, of persecution, poverty, calamity of any kind. These cannot be said to be direct inducements or allurements to sin. They try the faith of men and women, and they show whether he or she who is tried is disposed to adhere to his or her faith in God, or whether he or she will apostatize. There it is. In times of trial, do we adhere to our faith in God, or do we apostatize? Simply meaning, do we fall away from our faith when we are tried? Notice further, the advice given in these trials to count it joy, all joy, when they fall into temptations, yes, into diverse temptations, not that afflictions are in themselves joyous, the temptation or trial is not a matter of joy, but of sorrow and heaviness considered in itself, but because of their good effects and sweet fruits in proving our faith and increasing our patience. But Mark, he says, when you fall into temptations, not when you run yourselves into them or draw them upon yourself. We lose the comfort of our sufferings when, either by guilt or by imprudence, we bring them upon ourselves. From Expository Notes with Practical Observations on the New Testament by William Burkett.
Mr. Burkett said something we should take serious note of. Trials have their good effects and sweet fruits, improving our faith and increasing our patience. That is huge! So, if that is true, why is it that all trials are mostly a disaster for us? Our faith does not get stronger, and nothing positive comes of our patience either. We can get answers in the next portion by William Burkett. He said, When you fall into temptation, not when you run yourselves into them or draw them upon yourselves, we lose the comfort of our sufferings when, either by guilt or by imprudence, we bring them upon ourselves. Here is where we have been taught little about how trials work in the lives of the sons and daughters of God. Many believe that all trials are something we are not to have at all if we know God and have our inheritance. First, our inheritance is still a promised thing. It is not reality. So we do not have our inheritance now. Equally important is the fact we need to know something about how trials work. Trials come upon us, meaning when we fall into them. However, we can go awry when we run ourselves into trials, meaning we make trials by how we conduct ourselves in various situations. When we draw them upon ourselves, we lose the comfort of our sufferings. We do this by either guilt or imprudence and thus bring trials upon ourselves. In that there is no joy, one saddened this way is in a true state of sadness. However, when we fall into trials, by no means of our own doing, we can be joyful because it is truly God doing His work in us, bringing us closer to Him. Next week, we continue our summer series. Our episode is titled, Tribulation, Count It All Joy When You Meet Trials of Various Kinds, Part 2. Are we to be of a joyful heart in trials of various kinds? Really? What's up with that? Is it possible to be perfect and complete, leastwise in this life? To continue to find out more, join us next week. Play or download our episodes from one of our podcast hosts, or follow direct links to these platforms on our website, under the podcast menu item. Details follow. All Bible quotes without a citation are from the New English Translation Free Version. We greatly appreciate our audience. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners, followers, and new listeners. Thank you all so much. We are very pleased 
to serve a diverse international audience. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched, currently an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome and God bless you. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled, Introduction, About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. Find our website at https colon forward slash forward slash the church of the unchurched dot o r g please type the church of the unchurched as a single word with no hyphen or spaces in unchurched our mobile tablet and desktop compliant website has more information links to many of our podcast platforms under the podcast menu item We are found on podcast platforms like iTunes, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, and Spotify, to name a few. We refresh all our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sundays, East Coast Time, USA. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. Our RSS feed is syndicated on many popular podcast RSS feed platforms. Find us on a preferred platform to follow us as we continue to grow. Now to him who is able to strengthen you, to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, be glory forever. Amen. Until next week. This is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.